And the Oscar goes to... Can't move, can't sing. Please be kind, especially when we don't know what's going on. So what I got? Movies are dreams that you never forget. Well, hey there. My name's Russ Matthews. I'm with Real Dialogue. It's an activity of third space. And I'm here with my co-host, Hope 103.2's Laura Bennett. Hi. We're here to kind of start a new podcast. Yeah, it's going to be something a little bit different. It is going to be something a little bit different. It's the watch list. So the watch list is is different because it's kind of a movie podcast with a bit of a twist, if you'd like. Think of it as kind of putting your M&Ms in with your popcorn. You get a bit of savory, <laughs> a bit of sweet in this whole thing. Which one we are, I'm not sure. They... I'm definitely the M&Ms. <laughs> okay. You can be the popcorn. I'll be the popcorn. <laughs> yeah. So I'm the savory. I get it. Yeah. Totally get it. Um, so really what we're going to be doing is we're going to be looking at some of the latest offerings from cinemas and streaming, but also we're going to be looking at the bigger questions that movies really have to offer for us. We'll look at the themes, we'll look at the stories and the discussions. It's more than reviews, it's more than opinions, it's really more of an offer of some fun, engaging points that kind of are more of a focus on a theme than it is necessarily just one film. Yeah, and there's so many different movies that come out, there is so much to watch, so we want to really talk about what is coming out for sure, but also, like you say, some of the big ideas that are really brought up by those movies, by these kind of pop culture entertainment moments. Exactly. We And we can have a lot of fun with it. Not that we won't be talking about some of the newer films, yeah. but we, we definitely will kind of even look back at some of even some great films that many people may not even remember. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to kind of get into it and we're going to look first at looking forward. Yes. We're talking about the 95th Academy Awards, also known as the Oscars. You know, we don't all call them the fancy full-on name. That's right. And why not go big? I mean, we're going to start, start this is our first episode, and what are we going to do? We're going to go with, let's go with the biggest and grandest moment pretty much in Hollywood at this time. First question, though, do you actually watch the Oscars? Because it's like a, (laughs) it's well, like, this is the thing, right? It's like a, what is it, four-hour, five-hour ceremony process they get the free food and enjoy, you know, rubbing shoulders with each other right. while they're there. For us, the like poor people watching at home, <laughs> we don't want to sit through that. I just want the highlights. I want to know who won. I want to know what the biggest moment was. Right. Or I like my, or my like my wife and my daughter who had prettiest dress, yes. or who looked the best, or yes. who looked the worst. There's you know, so many conversations kind of to be had. Yeah, I think in this modern era, it used to be, I mean, kind of, if you really want to know, it used to be my wife and I would religiously watch it. Like, it yeah. was one of the things that came up, and every year we would sit down and go, oh, it, we didn't watch the Super Bowl, we watched mm. the Academy Awards. It yeah. was like one of the things we really enjoyed. But now it's kind of the point where it's gotten so long. Yep. And also now with kind of the modern technology and everything, we don't mm-hmm. necessarily watch the whole thing. Mm. But interestingly enough, we still keep up with it and yeah. kind, of, kind of follow it if we can. So have you week. watched, I mean, we'll go through what this year's nominations, yeah. nominees are, but have you watched most of them? I've actually seen all of the best picture films. Wow. Yeah. So okay. we can really kind of I'm talk behind. into this and kind of have some fun. <laughs> so I have actually seen all of, it's, it is kind of a rare year because even though this is kind of one of the things I do uh, with yep. Real Dialogue, sometimes there are a few that we miss. But this year, actually, I have, I've got to see them so I can actually talk about it I feel bit. very uh, judged. Not judged by you. <laughs> I'm just like a really, I'm really aware of my own lack in this moment because I normally, like I will, I feel like I've been in a different position to you because normally I feel like I've seen everything. It's a new movie every week. There's something, you know, that is, has come out. I know exactly what we're talking about, but I feel like maybe in the last year, couple of years, it's like there is just so much content. There is so many movies. There's so many places to be watching things. I will have seen some of the major releases, but not as many as normal. So I looked at this this year's list of nominees and I was like, 
I have not seen probably the majority of these. Right. Like I've heard of all of them. Yeah. I'm familiar with their stories, but I just haven't... They're not part of the movies that I've watched. And whether that's because they're cinema releases as opposed to streaming, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, you know, well, I think that anymore, because in this modern era... Well, it used to be, there used to be five. Yeah, yeah. Now there's ten, and so, like, it's, it's there's a lot more to do. But then on top of it, most of the films that tend to get nominated mm. are going to the smaller cinemas, and in this post-COVID world, that means that usually they'll be in cinemas for two weeks, yeah. and then they'll be on Netflix. And just, and just wait for that, because exactly. it's so much be better. But So that's, let me mention some of the ones that are actually okay, nominated this year, okay? So this is, like, your Best Picture nominees. Sure. Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. Women, women Talking. Mm. Everything, everywhere, all at once, which has already been a massive one in this award season. Like that's had so much conversation around it. It's, it's like a cultural phenomenon. It's it, massive, it's fascinating, and it's, it's history making. Which we'll touch on that in a second. But there's the Banshees of Inisherin. Well done, you get it. You yes, got, you got the title. Uh, Yay. The pronunciation will not ruin me. Uh, Triangle of Sadness. That is one I definitely was like, what. I yeah, you'll, you'll need an airsick bag for that one. Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing that pretty much half of the film, it's it's really quite it's, it's a lot. Literally. Yeah, and then you've got The Fablemans, All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar The Way of Water, and then two, again, big ones already this award That's season, right. Elvis, Tar, huge. So there is quite, I feel like you look at this list and there's quite a lot, but there's also such a mixture of the kind of stories that are being told, the origin of these stories, and the the themes within them, like it's a it's a very different mix of movies. It's fascinating. It's it's completely different, and that's the thing is I find with this year there's not a clear winner. I mean, mm -hmm. I feel like it could really almost go to any of these. Kind of curious what I don't know which ones you've seen or yeah. which one you would think maybe if you were to pick right now, what do you think would be the one you would choose? Okay, well let me tell you the ones I've seen, so you you can. Okay. I'll give you context, right? Because okay, I don't want context. you to think that the Banshees of Inishirin should win and why am I not talking about that? It's because I haven't seen that one. Right. That's one I haven't seen. So I've seen Top Gun Maverick. Okay, good. I have seen Avatar The Way of Water. Sure. I've seen Elvis and I've seen Tar. So that's about half of the list. Right. And within that mix, I feel like, I mean, Elvis was phenomenal. Love Aust Elvis. Austin Butler, incredible. Tom Hanks, I agree, it was a really weird character yes. for him to play. A lot of people have spoken about that. His makeup, what was going on, like all of these different things. But the production quality of that, I like Elvis is up there for me. I don't know if it's going to win because I feel like it was meant to be one of the strong contenders this season, yes. this award season. And yes, Austin Butler's won a bunch of awards, but it hasn't really like for me being the one that's been the pinnacle. No. Like that's that's kind of missed. But then I would say Tar, like Tar Wow. Could win because Kate Blanchett again. She's already received a lot of recognition. It's a really interesting story, and the way they tell that story, her playing this right. elite conductor and some of the background to how she got there, the challenges mm. she's faced in that role, and the abuse that she um, instigates in that role. Sure, I feel like it's a fascinating, very cinematic, very classic Oscars-style movie. If that makes sense, you know, like you know the roles that actors do to win an Oscar. Right. I feel like this is one of those roles <laughs> oh, and totally. this is that movie. But I would kind of love for Top Gun Maverick to win <laughs> just because it's so much fun. And if you remember a few years ago when um, Marvel movies were getting a bit more attention, and I actually can't remember if it happened or not, but they were talking about whether like a, a Marvel movie could be nominated for sure. Best Picture because it's so not that classic Oscars-style movie. Right. Top Gun Maverick maybe fits into that pocket for me. Perfectly. It's actually, 
it is the almost perfect cinematic release because you yeah. have to see it in cinemas. You want to see it in cinemas. And it actually, I think, saved cinemas in this mm. post-COVID era. Like, it just went on to be Tom Cruise's biggest film ever. If you can imagine that guy's career. And then at 60, he's still going. But the other thing I love about your list mm-hmm. is the fact that you picked two films that really have a strong Australian connection. I oh, mean, yeah. Elvis, even though it's a very American story, was all filmed here, almost all Australian. Australian cast mm-hmm. and Baz Luhrmann you gotta love Baz you know yeah. our Baz as uh-huh. you would say same with our Kate in, yeah. and in regards to Tar even though Tar wasn't filmed here either but yet Kate Blanchett you know yeah. everybody loves her here and so I think that I can definitely see kind of where um, those are but yeah I'm, maybe it's my subconscious Aussie you know like I'm like <laughs> favor it. the Australians that's it I think I, but I, I am I'm right there with you I, I wish Top Gun Maverick would just kind of come yeah. in and just fly through <laughs> and do the flyby yeah. and pick this one up with, you know, to surprise everybody because yeah. I think honestly it was the film that everybody mm. wanted to see. And if this was a fan choice award, right? Like if yeah. if you were choosing the film you most enjoyed watching, for me that would be Top Gun Maverick because totally. it was just so much fun. But obviously this is industry awards and they're going to look at a little bit more, you know, beyond artsy. just the fun of it. We're and so artsy. Yeah, oh, we, yeah, we may not we may not see Top Gun rise to the top. No, I like that. Oh, no, nice, hey, nice play, nice hey. play, nice play. Not come off the flight deck quite right, right. right? Yeah, I got you. But I think because honestly, I think that really kind of how the momentum's going with this award season. That I think everything, everywhere, all at once is going to win. Yeah. I have to admit it. Okay, sorry for all those out there who love that movie. I was probably one of the only critics that really didn't <laughs> like this movie. I I just didn't quite get it, and I didn't What's quite that? understand the phenomenon. What's the story of it again? It's well, it's a story of a of a woman who actually um, is a she owns a a laundromat, and they're going through all these different financial woes and dis. And discouragement, but then all of a sudden she realizes that she's actually in this multi-dimensional um, level mm. of that she's actually in another realm. She's actually the hero and actually one of the this amazing character. And Michelle Yao is amazing. I yeah. mean, it's just great. But it is just so bizarre. After a while, you're like, going, I have no idea yeah. what's going on. It's kind of hard to know what's kind of following the storyline itself. And it, it kind of takes, I suppose, from the Matrix yeah, world. Yeah, totally. Like very, very different, but in the same way. Like, when we all originally watch The Matrix, you finish it going, what? What the heck just happened? Like, <laughs> right. I don't totally understand what I watched, but I feel like it was significant and was saying important things, right? right. Like, with, with everything everywhere all at once, it's like, okay, you've got that kind of style of story that's looking at multiple realities and Definitely. what are we unraveling and all of these sorts of things done in a more modern way. But again, probably it's going to take a couple viewings or at least a little bit more critical conversation about the movie afterwards for people to really realize what was it doing what like its version of the red pill blue pill thing like yeah. what so we'll probably you or know. it's it, this one it's the you know omnip- omnipotent bagel yeah. you're kind of going <laughs> yeah. what does this have to do with anything you know yeah, yeah. but people it love it and so i think that definitely i think it could be the one that wins even though mm. personally top gun and elvis were the ones that i saw multiple times yeah. in theaters while most of the rest of these films i saw once but the other like the other one i reckon that could be a surprise is all quiet on the western front mm. It's yeah. a foreign language film, which don't, they don't normally they don't normally win best no. picture at the Oscars. But it's again like already it's received a few awards this season, yeah, and a lot of us won't have seen it, may right. not even be familiar with it. But I feel like it could be the quiet achiever that just comes in from left field and takes down all of these massive looking movies to say, hey. I'm here. Pay attention to me. It could. I mean, and and it is amazing because it's a classic f- book, much mm. less of a classic story, and it is well done. It's a it's 
it's a disturbingly beautiful film. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's one that it's hard to watch, but mm. yet one that you're going, man, the story that it tells is yeah. compelling. And that you bringing that up makes me think about the fact that the Oscars do normally give attention to those type of movies. Like, why do you think it is that there is a kind of classic Oscars movie? Why do they have to be these more, like, dramatic, difficult, darker stories, you think, that tend to get the attention over the fun ones? Oh, I, I think it's pretty easy to say because all of the people in the Academy are artists, mm. right? And so they want to be recognized as artists. They want to be taken seriously. We aren't just putting out movies that people can go and eat more popcorn. We want to be recognized as artists. And so I think yeah. that, and I can appreciate that. And so they want to make sure also that many times it's recognizing somebody that wouldn't necessarily get as much public play mm. because their films didn't do that well in theaters, but yet should get some recognition. And so yeah. I think I think it's a nod towards that. Um, you know, it's kind of self-serving in yeah. a way, in, in a lot of ways. But I think that that's what they really try to do mm. and that they really try to grasp that opposed to just being the most popular film yeah. for people out there. It's a good thought. And I, I realize we actually haven't even touched on Avatar, The Way of Water, which <laughs> it's, it's interesting because when it first came out, the first one was back in 2009. So right. this latest release is, what's that, like 13, 14 years? Right. since that came out. When the first one came out, everyone was talking about it. It won so many awards. It achieved so much in cinema. But it's interesting with this release, the movie was incredible. The effects are amazing and you can see why they wanted to take their time to develop the technology so that the true underwater uh, aspects of this movie could really be brought to life. But I find that fascinating that it's like... It's not, it's not at the centre. No. Right? So I don't know that it's going to do very well at all. Even though it's an incredible movie, it's like times have changed to the point where we don't necessarily appreciate the brilliance that is in that right. because of all of these other things that are happening right now. Well, and, and the thing is, is that uh, James Cameron has always been known for amazing technological advances in cinema, right? Yeah. Well, we've been waiting for this film forever, and then for it to come out, the thing is is that he still is breaking barriers, doing new things, mm. but we've kind of become like, oh... But yeah. I think I could do that on YouTube. Like, that's new and amazing, whatever. Yeah, no, I think I saw it on TikTok the other yeah. day. And you, you didn't. But yet I think that there's kind of this less of an awe mm. about that. Just because also we're not necessarily just seeing it in cinemas anymore. You can see there's great streaming stories. There's great stories even on YouTube and all that that people are really tapping into. Yeah. Also, I think that a lot of it kind of comes down to when you look at a lot of these films, they're story-driven. Mm, and Avatar, yeah. The Way of Water, I don't know, I really felt like it was kind of the same story just told in water. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. Even though the technology was fascinating, the story in itself was really kind of the same story. So yeah. there wasn't something that broke new ground in yeah. that. While a lot of these other films, they really do break some new ground. So maybe so. we just give Kate Wins some kind of side award for like seven minutes holding your breath, well done, yoo-hoo, well and then done. the movie gets nothing, but she definitely deserves, you know, to be recognised for that effort. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think that, that, that should be the special non-Academy awards uh-huh. that, that we, we, want, we want and we yeah, desire Yeah, kind see. of like a Nickelodeon's Kid Choice Award <laughs> or like something like that. It's like, let's just give you some novelties type award. It's not gold, it's right. not an Oscar, but you did good. You did good, you did great. Yeah. You broke new, <laughs> break, broke new ground as far as, you know, Tom Cruise would probably be on that list all the time. Let's see oh, how many yeah. times we could almost break a bone in yeah. Tom Cruise's body. Yeah, what else right. can we throw you out that's of? Right. See if you land. So, well, hey, now that's kind of looking forward. So mm. I'm kind of looking, I'm kind of curious because you've said you watched the Academy Awards over yeah. the years, even if you watched them in bits and pieces. Looking back, was there ever a time where you kind of agreed with the Academy mm. Awards? Because I don't know about you, but a lot of the time, I don't necessarily agree with who gets the best picture yeah. sometimes, but was there one that you didn't, or was there moments that just 
Like going, oh, can you remember when that yeah. happened? Yeah, I think it's a difficult question to answer whether I agreed. I feel like there was a window where it felt a little more predictable. Like you could really clearly tell that's the movie that's going to win. Right. But I think that was, for me, that would be like pre-streaming when there wasn't so much content. It felt like we were all collectively watching the same things. It was really obvious what movies were rising to the top. Right. That the Oscars felt a little more like, yeah, we we'll get it. Like this one's going to do is great, whatever. Now it's like I don't know which way this is going to go because you don't this have year? that no way. same sense. But in terms of memorable moments, I think I was actually at work. I was doing my radio show when the the year that La La Land was up against Moonlight, <laughs> Moonlight. in Best Picture, <laughs> yes. and they because of the timing of it, the Oscars were happening live while I was on air. Sure. So I'm watching it, seeing what's happening, and that moment unfolded. As I'm watching in real time, when like La La Land was awarded, you've won Best Picture, oh, yeah, and then it's like, hang on a minute, we got this wrong. Warren Beatty, <laughs> what? Did what did you say? It's like, no, actually, it was Moonlight, guys. Everyone else, get off the stage. <laughs> and just the because the Oscars are such a produced event, like so much goes into sure. the lead up, the execution, the envelope reading, all of these things. And I was like, oh my gosh. The train is crashing and I am watching it happen. And just these A-list actors, like Ryan Gosling is there, Emma Stone is there, and just them, their reactions processing the excitement and then the disappointment and then the humour of the fact that this happened and it's on live international television. And then the sort of celebration of Moonlight and how much it did deserve to win, even though it was the surprise choice in the sense that that year La La Land had so much tension. I was just like... This is a fantastic moment of television history and I'm really glad I'm watching it happen and not just reading the you right. know highlights later. Oh yeah. What about you? Like do you have a memorable moment? Well actually, it's funny because it kind of goes back to the Avatar story. So James Cameron has won for Titanic, right? Mm. And he even said, "I'm king of the world." And everybody hated him after that. You know, yeah. like going, "Oh, really?" Even though it's Come a line on. from the movie, you know, we yeah. totally get it, but all of a sudden you're going, "Really?" So but, cheesy. But then after that, he gets nominated for Avatar. And so everybody's thinking, Avatar, Avatar, Avatar is mm. going to win this, going to pull this off, and he's going to be king of the world again, even though everybody's cringing. And what happens? A little film called The Hurt Locker mm. pulls it out. Yes. Interestingly enough, it was his ex-wife, who's the director, Catherine Bigelow, and it was a great film. I mean, yeah. The Hurt Locker was phenomenal. Jeremy Renier all of a sudden becomes a, a movie star from yeah, this film. You know? So yeah. it was great. But I think it was that moment where you're going, everybody's expecting Avatar, but then all of a sudden you see this little film. This mm. goes back to what we were talking about before. That probably, you know, is probably one of the lowest box office draws ever to mm. win an Academy Award. Yeah. But yet it deserved it. It was great. And so it was one of the I really, really enjoyed about that. That was one of those where you're going, yes, the little man. It's kind of the yeah. David and Goliath moment where all of a sudden mm. the stone is thrown, the ki- you know, and the giant, <laughs> the giant falls and, and, you know, and this great um, film gets recognized. Yeah. And so I and think it's one of those of my favorites. And more people go and watch it. Like exactly. that's the other thing. Like, the the Oscars become this phenomena in the sense that it's not just about like celebrating the movies you've watched and obviously recognizing the artists and all of this, but it does become something that makes the audience, the everyday you know people among us, we kind of go, oh, 
I should watch that. Like it, it draws attention to these stories and ideas, and in some instances, these real like social movements right. that gather steam because of recognition at the Oscars. Like it, it's funny because on the one hand, it's such a like silly, trivial, commercial, shiny thing with all the you know beautiful dresses and tuxedos and blah 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 like of it. Right. But then it really does have quite a lot of impact on. The, the ideas we talk about in society, the, the things we think are important. Like I think of massive campaigns like how Me Too, you know, uh, oh, influenced time. that. And I mean, there's so many others, the Oscars So White hashtag, all these things where it's like this event is more than just the event itself. It really becomes this kind of cultural melting pot of ideas and really shapes what people are going to be talking about after the fact. Exactly. Well, you know, and I find what I find interesting about the awards too, kind of going to that, is that many times we're focused so much on the host. Mm. That we forget that there's actually a show going on. Yeah. You know, so how did the host do for the night, you know? And yeah. and the poor person who gets that job. I mean oh my rarely gosh. I mean I'm like going, that's actually the poison pill, I think, for, mm. for many people. Even though uh, to me, I still look back at one Billy Crystal was probably one of my favorites. He he just nailed it as yeah. far as But then actually Hugh uh, Hugh Jackman actually was was amazing when he actually uh-huh. did it. His one again going another it. Aussie Aussie tag. He was, he only had one time and he was phenomenal. He actually mm. he wasn't even Hugh Jackman yet really, but right. he had, he was so talented. Yeah. For singing and all the things that he was able to do, I think everybody was kind of thrown off by that. Just a get this bit. up and comer yeah, having a yeah, go. Yeah. But while so many others just pretty much their career was almost put at a standstill because oh, yeah. they did such a bad job or and, it just wasn't real well received. It, and it's a role that draws so much attention. So particularly in the increasingly uh, cancel culture based nature of things, like whoever's in that role, I feel like they get so much attention that it can be something that really makes or break their makes or breaks their career. Right, it does. You see this happen, right? Like it happened with um, his name escapes me, comedian, David, David short oh. dude versus The Rock. Oh yeah, oh, oh, my oh, God. oh with Kevin uh, Hart. Kevin, Kevin Hart. Hart. Oh, poor I described Kevin him Hart. as a short dude who's friends with <laughs> The Rock. I'm sorry, Whoops. Kevin, but <laughs> it's like I remember he just got scrutinized, like when he right. and and rightly or wrongly, right? The the the, the uh, criticism may be valid, sure. but I just think you are putting yourself in such an exposed position when you say yes to such a visible role. That's right. Well, and I think that too, it, and again, it moves to this modern era. It goes back to one of the things you brought up with Avatar. We moved in this era where. You tweet something from 10 years ago, it's still there. It's oh, still yeah. online. You you put up a, a comment when you were a teenager mm. on Facebook, it shows up in your adult life and all of a sudden you're paying the price for it. Well, and that's kind of what happened with so many of uh, so many of these guys. Yeah. Anymore, and and it's, men it's, and women. It's actually part of what has affected this year's award season as well. I don't know if everybody's so across with the SAG Awards that happened. Everything, everywhere, all at once was wonderfully recognized exactly in that uh, ceremony you had Michelle Yeoh making history her co-stars there was uh, for a lot of the categories it was the first time someone of Asian heritage yeah. received an award was recognized it was it was really beautiful really wonderful and then a lot of the commentary after was noting the fact that Mark Wahlberg was presenting that award he's someone who 30 years or, or so ago was involved in hate crimes mm. against Asian communities. He spent jail time uh, or spent time in jail because right. of that. And so it was like, should he be the guy presenting this award when his 
demonstrated a hatred toward this community, even though he has moved past that, he says, and he's obviously like asked for forgiveness, forgiveness, all of these sorts of things. But I think, wow, like the fact that that is something that can still have some kind of effect on what's happening now. And interestingly, like I acknowledge, like it's a really difficult thing for a lot of people. I don't want to misspeak about that in any way. But when you look at it as a, from a, a sort of a cultural conversation, I wonder why, my question was, I wonder why this would be considered offensive in the sense that if you're someone who has done wrong and then you're now in a position where you've got to recognise, elevate, celebrate, give recognition to the person you have wronged, surely that's a really humble position to be in, right? Like Mark Wahlberg's not getting an award from a community that he has acted criminally against, he's having to celebrate them. He's having to support them and give them this or be part of this moment of history. And I feel like, doesn't that put him in his place? Yeah. You know, so it's it's interesting the way these kind of instances do become these conversational melting pots. It is. And, and I think that that's actually even here on the watch list, I think one of the things that we can really kind of look at in the, within this theme is that one of the, because forgiveness, like, are we willing to forgive? Do we genuinely forgive? And can we for, not forget, but yet put it to the side mm. and be able to do that? Because I found in even kind of coming from a, a Christian faith, like, are you willing to forgive and allow somebody to actually move forward in their lives in that way? Because I was looking at a lot of the themes of these movies this year mm. and kind of looking kind of all the different opportunities. Most of them had to deal with the issue of forgiveness and are we willing to forgive? And so kind of putting that through a biblical lens, but then on top of it, putting it through a societal lens, are we willing to do it? Because you want people to succeed, you want to build them up and all that, especially with these awards. Mm. But then when they do fail, are we willing to forgive them? It's, it's, a, it's a really big yeah. um, discussion point. I think that, thankfully, I think we have something to say, you know, kind of in, from, from that Christian position about that as far as forgiveness and it doesn't come from us, coming from God um, and allowing for that. But also within our society, are we willing to kind of touch on that? And is that mm. something that we're willing to give? Because I think that's what sometimes these big awards kind of really kind of bring out some of the good and bad. They shed light on things yeah. that, you know, you don't necessarily want to maybe celebrate. Even you're looking at last year with the whole Will Smith thing. Mm, are we willing, gosh, are yeah. society, much less Chris Rock, willing to forgive? And yeah, and will it's they? difficult because, I mean, that was, again, one of those really... Like at face value, it's simple. A guy hit another guy, acted so inappropriately, and then there's layers of that, right? Like right. where where did that set? Like, and Will Smith has even spoken about it. Like, what was it that caused him to think that was an appropriate response to that situation? Like, something drove him to act in that way, and then the aftermath, he's gone. Wait, this does not line up to the kind of man, the kind of father, husband I want to be. Right. And so it's like. When did we step from an award ceremony into something that was suddenly make us th- making us think about, you know, what is healthy masculinity? What does it look like to appropriately, you know, engage with those kind of moments? Like, it's just, I just think, again, it's like these, these conversations that are bigger than the event themselves totally. come from it. And, I mean, I know we've got to wrap up soon. We've been, we've been chatting to you about I know, this for a I while, love this. I we love can. This. But I just want your thoughts on this year's ceremony. What do you think people are really, short of some other bizarre event that catches us off guard and happens at this year's ceremony, what do you think people are really going to be talking about 
after watching this and like you've said is forgiveness the biggest theme or are there other things you think are going to come out of this year's event it's hard to predict because you don't know what's going to happen especially after last year's event you know because you don't the event itself was pretty boring, but then the slap occurred, and all of a sudden everybody yeah, remembers that. Yeah, it's a viral moment. And, and then, so you remember that. But I, it was really for me looking at, because I was just going through each one of these films, and I'm going, oh, outside of the fact that the films that deserve to win most likely won't, and that usually is what happens, and there will be the film that whatever will win will be, will be deserving, I'm sure, in some way. But I really think it does come down to an issue of forgiveness and I think that's one difference about how we can kind of look at this. We can actually look at it, especially from coming from a Christian faith, putting it through that biblical lens of kind of putting in perspective what this whole thing is about. You know, yeah. we're celebrating this, you know, the achievements of mankind. Okay, that's fine. And we're achieving you know, all these different things. But really within each one of these stories of each one of these films, we really see how broken our society is. Mm. And then I think that what we do is we have an answer, you know, with the Bible and with Jesus, be able to go through and actually say to all of these broken stories that you see that are being um, celebrated, really, in a way, that we have an answer that's probably more fulfilling, more hope-filled than they do. And so that's what I, for myself, I know that I will be talking about. I'd be curious to see um, what we will be talking about yeah. next week after, after, after the Academy Awards. So I don't know. What are your thoughts? I what don't do you know. I mean, if we, it... I just hope that if we get a viral moment, can it please be like a fun mishap? Yes. Someone being okay but falling down the stairs, you know, something like that. Or like the Ellen DeGeneres, you know, the uh, selfie. The, the selfie or, or wasn't or it like um, Jennifer Lawrence years right. ago that stacked it in her beautiful dress up the stairs? Like, I'm okay with viral moments like that. We don't need some other, no. we don't need the slap again. We don't need something no. like that. I want to have a laugh at this huge ceremony. I that think that's nice. what all of us need. So I'm hoping it brings us that. Me too. Me too. And so, uh, hey, well, thanks. Thanks for this. I'm, I'm yes. so excited about this. our first episode. I look forward to seeing kind of where it goes. Thanks for listening in and uh, watching the watch list. Um, Laura and, so, and also me, Russ Matthews. Again, you can go to more things at Hope 103.2, but then also with realdialogue.com. Again, Real Dialogue is an activity of third space where we kind of try to look at the bigger questions of film and faith. And I hope that's what we're able to do with the watch list as we kind of pr proceed from episode one. Yeah. Enjoy the Academy Awards and See if we get it right this time or if it's going to be some other viral moment that actually yeah. makes a difference. So thanks again from the watch list. This is Russ. And I'm Laura. See you later. Watch me.